This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. This is the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. I'm Jonathan Agnew. Welcome to the Test Match Special Podcast. Looking back on the final day of the Test Summer, a short day but an historic one, with James Anderson taking his 600th Test wicket. We'll hear from Anderson, the player of the series, Joss Butler, and Joe Root and the Pakistan captain, Azhar Ali. We'll get the views of Buckle Vaughan and Daniel Norcross and a special tribute to Anderson from Stuart Broad. And on the one-year anniversary of that Ashes match at Headingley, we hear from one of the heroes that day, Jack Leach. But before all of that, here was the moment that James Anderson reached that special landmark. 109 for two. Anderson moves in, bowls the right-handed as a... Oh! It is caught! He's caught at slip! And Jimmy Anderson becomes the first fast bowler in the history of the game to take 600 wickets. He's done it. He could easily have done it earlier. So many catches were dropped off him, but Joe Root was not going to drop that. And I saw Root last night as he walked past. I said, what are you going to do? He said, we'll get him there. And he's taken the catch that has done so. And he's showing the ball around, well, to nobody. But he's got a, a big smile on his face. That's better. Sweeps back his hair. And he's got there. He's wow. done it. 600 wickets. You're listening to the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. Well, let's start our review of the day. It was a truncated day. It didn't begin until 4.15. We had an enormous amount of rain overnight. Storm Francis deposited, well, inches and inches of rain. The outfield held up pretty well, but there were some concerning patches. And even though the rain had stopped by around about 12, half 12, it took three and a half hours to to clear up. There was so much water on the covers and there were some patches over by the groundsman's hut which just stubbornly refused to go away regardless of the ministrations of the ground staff who've been excellent throughout this match. When finally England did get out there uh, all eyes were on Jimmy Anderson of course marooned on 599 wickets overnight. It didn't take him long to get there. He got to 600 when Azar Ali fenced at a ball in the channel, caught well by Root, it went quickly to him above his head and that was the 600, it was a lovely moment actually because the our colleagues in Sky, some of them came out onto their balconies, I witnessed a few of us were on the balconies just clapping because it's so strange for him to reach such an extraordinary milestone in this very surreal atmosphere um, and it was, you know, he showed the ball to all parts of the crowd, even though there weren't, really, weren't very many people in it, of course. It was beautiful to watch. His teammates were obviously so delighted for him. Um, thereafter, only one more wicket fell. It was uh, the wicket of Asajafik, who's caught a short leg off the bowling of Joe Root. In England just couldn't get the ball to deviate off this pitch. The ball itself was soft and old and was doing nothing. And uh, Root resorted to a combination of spinners, um, some in the loosest sense of the word. Dominic Sibley turned his arm over for a, a, an over, which didn't, didn't go awfully well. Root picked up a wicket. Don Best didn't. And uh, when the final hour began, only one ball was bowled and then all the players trooped off, which I do find Michael Vaughan a little odd. I mean, I, I do know your point that, you know, they just wanted to, maybe the job was to get home now, but the ground staff have spent ages getting this ready and getting it prepared. There was a new ball there. 
We've talked a lot in this series about Pakistan not really having a lot of batting after the six-wicket falls. Stuart Broad got the ball in his hand. Jimmy Anderson was quite fresh. The light's now improving, actually, as that cloud's gone away. Uh, there was a chance to pick up two quick wickets, expose the tail and finish on a high. So... Um, there, yeah. there will be listeners who are thinking that's a curious Yeah, end. I guess with a test championship now and obviously more points uh, for the win, uh, there'll be many that are saying, why didn't England stay out there? But I just think they've, uh, they've kind of had enough of all this and they, they, they want to get home. Um, you know, today's the day not to, to kind of moan about England not bowling on. It's about Jimmy Anderson. Jimmy Anderson, I, I know it's not in the perfect scenario where you've got a full house and uh, everyone's roaring and would have probably stayed on the feet for 10 or 15 minutes afterwards. That's generally what the England crowds do. Um, but I think when he drives home tonight, whether it'll sink in tonight or tomorrow over the next week or so, it, it's an incredible achievement. You know, when you just look at that list of great, great bowlers and he's now, as a seam bowler, at the top of them in terms of wicket-taking and he's just got three above him. Uh, Anil Cumbly's 19 away. He could easily get past Anil Cumbly and go into third spot. Uh, will he have enough to get past Shane Warne? It's uh, over 700. I'm not too sure. Will he get to Murray Lytton at 800? I, I don't think he can get the, the maybe 800. Maybe he takes up off spin. Well, well <laughs> maybe he'll have to, but I just think it, it's a remarkable achievement. In English sport, we, we don't generally... We sometimes praise too much and then we criticise, but um, I think we're, we're witnessing something that's truly, truly great. I thought we felt that when Alistair Cook kind of walked off at the Oval with that 100 and, you know, that was a great, great moment. And, and I know this isn't the same kind of feeling because there's no crowd, but in a funny way, now I'm not a player and obviously I was a batsman, I have so much respect for bowlers. You know, the, the, the tireless hours and, and the, the aching bodies that Jimmy Anderson must have woken to for 17 years as a Test match player. Um, you know, I don my cap for anybody that can stay at this level for five years. Ten years is, a, is remarkable. To stay at this level as a seam bowler for 17 years is nothing short of incredible. And, you know, whatever comes his way, he deserves it. Um, you know, I think the way that he's managed his body, the way that he's managed his skill levels over the years and developed new skills, wallable seam, wider the crease, not as much swing, that in-swinger to the right-hander and the away-swinger to the left-hander. I remember that uh, first few series that he played, his ball booming out swingers to right-hand batsman. His first wicket, Mark Vermoulin, was one of those, a beautiful delivery that clipped the top of off. Um, you know, so I think he's a great lesson. I've said for, for, a, for a few months that whatever happens to Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, English cricket has to eke out every ounce of information because uh, our next generation need to know exactly how he's done it. We need to put it into context, you know. It's the difference between him, the, the 600 wickets between him and other seam bowlers. Glenn McGrath is closest to him, 17 wickets behind. And Glenn McGrath, an all-time great, absolutely no doubt about that. Then you plunge all the way down to 519, Courtney Walsh, and below that, Stuart Broad. Um, Jonathan Agnew has got the Pakistan captain with him, though, Azhar Ali. Let's I go straight out. Hello, Azhar. Well played. Hi, you, thank you. You, you happy with, with that now, with the way you batted? Yeah, of course. Uh, it was very important innings for me. Uh, obviously, it was a uh, tough first two test matches for me. Uh, I was uh, under a lot of pressure, but uh, I tried to keep things simple and uh, it, it worked. Yeah. You just seem to change your technique a little bit you just opened out a little bit is that fair to say? yeah of course uh, you know i was getting stuck with my front foot a lot uh, falling over a little bit but also committing my front foot too early uh, so i worked on it uh, with coaches and also had uh, quite a few throwdowns over there um, it helped me during the obviously um, you know whatever you do unless you score some runs uh, it doesn't 
um, and you know you don't feel as confident unless you have score on under your belt. So I, when I got my first 50 done, then uh, I think I was feeling a lot comfortable. Good. We certainly looked like it. You played beautifully. What do you make of the series as a whole? I think fantastic series. I think under the circumstances, uh, uh, I think hats off to the people who organised uh, in such a short time. Um, you know, at least uh, we got cricket going. Uh, people can watch it on the, uh, if not in the ground, at least on TV. Uh, it's great for the game, uh, great for the fans, and also I think uh, with some wonderful cricket has been played. Unfortunately, the weather was around, um, but you can't control that. But uh, I think it was a fantastic series. Uh, we enjoyed every bit of it, um, and uh, nice to be back playing cricket. Yeah, and the spirit was so good between the teams as well. As uh, I mean, over the years there have obviously been a few issues with England and Pakistan Test series, but this was played so well. Yeah, of course, I think it's fantastic. Um, both teams played uh, with great spirit, uh, I think, which is very important. Uh, there was uh, obviously, um, you know, both teams was fighting for the win, but uh, um, both had respect for each other, which is very important. And uh, as I said earlier, I think both teams enjoyed uh, the great game of cricket, and which is uh, very nice to see. James Anderson, you're there. You're there on his list. Number, <laughs> number 600, Azza. Yeah, of course. At least I will get uh, I will get some more air time now. You will. <laughs> uh, because uh, they will show the wicket again and again. But hats off to him. Fantastic bowler. Uh, I always rate him, you know, one of the toughest, um, you know, I always say I found him the toughest bowler, um, especially in English conditions. Um, he doesn't give you anything. Um, and uh, he keeps testing your technique every time every ball you have to be bring you have to bring your a game so um, hats off to him the character he shows uh, on the field uh, the determination to play test cricket for so long as a fast bowler i know it's not easy but he still bowl uh, some p decent pace with swing and seam we all know he can do and congratulations to him the way he has uh, been able to get 600 wickets i hope uh, wish him all the best with he whatever he can achieve more i uh, wish him all the best yeah. and that particular delivery what was going through your mind? Did it, looking to, did it bounce a bit or looking to run it? Yeah, I think it got some extra bounce on it. Um, a ball before also got it, but I think I played away from my body. But, um, you know, with reverse swing was happening a little bit. Um, I could not be able, couldn't, couldn't be able to see the shine at that time. So, But I think it was more of bounce than swing got me. Yeah. And just the last one, Zach Crawley, he's only 22. How do you rate that innings? Fantastic inning. I think uh, he also scored 50 in the last test match uh, on a very tough wicket. I think he made it look so easy. Um, he's a fantastic player, a bright future ahead of him. And getting two, 250 plus score so early in your career uh, shows uh, how uh, good he is, uh, how confident he is. Uh, obviously, uh, there will be challenges ahead of him, but uh, I'm sure he'll be he'll be a f bright future for England. I congratulate him for this for his fantastic inning as well. Well, Azza, thank you for talking to us. Well played. You entertained you. us royally Cheers. in this match, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you, Azza Ali, uh, uh, a charming gentleman actually, and uh, nice of him to come over and and chat like that. But there he is. He'll always be there on that uh, on that replay list. Uh, however, more wickets. Um, Jimmy Anderson does take. That one will be there featuring uh, all the time. Michael Vaughan, I think, is still uh, up there. And uh, Anything you picked out of what uh, Azarelli had to say there, Michael? No, I mean, he's a gentleman. I, I think uh, Pakistan are, are in good hands. I know he's, uh, he's not had the, the best of times as captain, but I think the 100 here will give him uh, a huge amount of confidence. And I think he'll learn from that uh, last afternoon in, at Old Trafford where he didn't quite get it right. I'm sure you know, he sits back tonight and when he travels home, um, you know, he'll start to look at the tactical side of what he could have done differently uh, in that partnership of Joss Butler and uh, Chris Wokes. But, 
you know, I think uh, over the years, if he stays true to himself and he stays true to these young players, particularly the likes of Nassim Shah and Shaheen Afridi, um, in those two, he's got two wonderful young quick bowlers. Mohamed Abbas, we know what he can uh, deliver. Uh, this Pakistan Test team looked decent. You know, when you've got Babar Azam, you know, he's uh, up there with, with the best of them uh, with the bat in hand. And when they get on in conditions that, you know, favour their star, which is on pitches that are a little bit slower, a bit lower, spin plays a part. We know they're going to be a threat to any team around the world. So uh, I think they're a team that if you, if you get them when the, the ball's swinging around, you fancy your chances. But if you get them in, you know, you don't have to look at how hard it's been for England to get the wickets on this wicket where there hasn't been the zip and the pace. There hasn't been as much lateral movement and Pakistan have made it difficult for them. So I, I think over the next few years, they're going to be a team that can surprise a few. I think it is worth talking about the spirit between the the, uh, the two teams as well, because there has been bad blood over the years between England and, and, and Pakistan in Test Series. You know mm. what it's, it's, they've, they've all been about and so on. But I think that has been really clearly put, put, put away now. And, and these two teams clearly had great respect for each other. Yeah, and I, I think, obviously, Azhar Ali is a, a fantastic guy. Babar Azami will lead the, lead the T20s starting on Friday. Again, a, a very humble character and then you look at the coaching team you know Misbah Hulhak's very similar you know there was never any real problems when Misbah was captain against England uh, and then you've got Waka Yunus Mushtaq Ahmed you've got Yunus Khan again in the coaching uh, team of Pakistan all good people I think you know they, they need to be playing in a way that um, you know that, that sends a message that the game's being played in the right spirit and as do the England team I think that's a, a very strong message that all teams around the world now identify as that it's uh, important to, to send that message you only have to look at the Ashes series last year I thought that was played with in, in great spirit as well we, yes. we had the Ben Stokes innings from Headley on just uh, early and it uh, reminded us at the end of the Australians how uh, you know in defeat they were giving uh, Ben Stokes and Jack Leach, some you know, strong handshakes and, and hugs. Uh, that's what cricket's all about. You play it tough, but ultimately you've, you've got to be respectful of your opponents. And I think uh, this Pakistan team and England have, uh, have played a series where we've seen plenty of that. It's waiting for people to appear. I'm down here uh, on the boundary edge in our interview position. There's no one coming out of the England dressing room at all. I wonder what's going on I in there. Think I thought be there a presentation. Been, you think? I thought yeah. there might have been some revving of engines and uh, and a cloud of dust and uh, people driving home for the first time in, in weeks. But uh, maybe they're just sitting down and, and having a chat about that, that whole experience. Maybe the fact that that for for those who aren't playing in the T20s and one day internationals. That, that is it now, and mm. uh, they might not see each other for a while. Yeah, I, I would think that those kind of conversations would have been done uh, this morning uh, when, the, when the rain was around. I, I think they'll all be sat around and just probably talking about Jimmy Anderson and I'm sure the captain, the coach, uh, maybe Stuart uh, Broad, his, his close friend, will be making a speech just to uh, revel in, in, in what we've just seen, uh, the, the incredible achievement. Uh, I do know that all the players did drive, because they've had to park over your side, Aggers, which is the dressing room side, and they all drove round uh, this morning to pack up their cars. So I do know that they're all ready to go that end of the ground. So um, I don't think you see as many walking across the pitch as we generally do at the end of uh, the day's play. Uh, oh, they've, they've deserved it. I think the England team, uh, we've praised the West Indies, we've praised Pakistan, but this England side have showed a huge amount of character to do what they've done over the course of the last 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, they might be like a Formula One starting grid out there <laughs> by, the, uh, by the sounds of it. Um, Jimmy Anderson getting that 600th wicket and it, it's done. 
that frees quite a lot up, doesn't it? I mean, it, it's almost as if England can now have a, a blank sheet of paper. There's, there's, you know, there's not that complication in the background, the sort of loyalty that you have. You know, it, milestones matter in sport. Mm. And I know a lot of people are saying, ah, come on, it's only one wicket, but actually it does matter. And so now, actually, they can get on with the job of, uh, of dealing with, with Jimmy Anderson and, and to a certain extent Stuart Broad as well without, without any of that uh, sort of complicating things in the background. Well, I, I, I think we're making a, a little bit too much of it, I guess. He's 38 and he's saying he's playing on. You know, He'll be in Sri Lanka and he'll be in India, wherever that series is. I don't think he'll play every game. I think they'll use him accordingly. Uh, I don't think Stuart and Jimmy will play together in subcontinent conditions. It'll be just one of them, if, if any of them. Uh, but I'm sure both of them will go. And then next summer against India, it's about how England develop this team and this bowling attack for the conditions that they're going to find themselves in Australia, but also win. You know, the two series against India, both away and then at home, are going to be tough series because they're a high-quality team and you've got to beat them. You know, you've got to find a way of getting 20 wickets and the challenge will be harder in India or in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, wherever that series it takes place, uh, more so than it will be with the Duke ball next summer in English conditions. And, and then obviously in Australia, uh, if they're carrying on and they're giving us all the indications that they both want to, again, it'll be about you know, which combinations are going to be right for each week. In Brisbane, would it be Anderson and Broad together? You'd suggest not. Probably Broad in Adelaide with the pink ball. You'd probably say Anderson and maybe not. But we, we, we're not too sure at this stage, but... You know, we can only go on what they're telling us. And both of those players, and Jimmy Anderson, with that interview he gave a week last Monday, he's, he's clear in his mind he wants to play on. And, and why should we doubt him? You know, just because he's 38 and he had that off week in Manchester where he did look a bit old, well, he's, he's come back and he hasn't looked old since. You know, he's bowled great here. He's got the seven wickets. Uh, he wants to play on. And I think we should just revel in however long he plays for because... I don't know if we'll see a bowler like Jimmy again in Test Match Cricket to play for 17 years, uh, doing what he's done uh, week after week, series after series. So however long he plays for Aggers, I think we just should sit back and just enjoy the ride. Yep, well, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I can see him walking down the steps uh, beside me here. He's got his hands thrust fairly deep in his pocket. Zach Crawley's here smiling, uh, clearly man of the match. I wonder if he might be England's player of the series uh, as well, Josh Butler, I can see coming down. So uh, things are starting to happen, and uh, we'll get to chat to uh, one or more of these in a moment, and we'll see who's going to come round here first. It's uh, Josh Butler's there uh, as well. Let's just see who's going to come here first, shall we? Because we've got uh, the usual marshalling uh, going on. It's a little bit dif different uh, these days down here, of course, because. Uh, normally I'm out there on the field and you can just go and ambush players and shove a microphone in front of their noses and they have to talk to you. But here, uh, it's a case of them sort of being led over, uh, if you like. And uh, who are we going to speak to first? We're going to speak to Jimmy Anderson first. Uh, he's just on his way now. Some rather strange music going on the background. I'm not quite sure what that's, uh, what that's all about, whether it'll affect um, the fact that they've got to shout at each other from, from two metres away. Jimmy, give us a smile. I hope that is a smile. <laughs> you could do it was bigger than that when he got the wicket. What, what a moment that was. Yeah, um, I mean, I, to be honest, I woke up this morning not expecting to, to be uh, getting the chance to, to do it today. Um, I think the ground staff have done an amazing job getting any play at all today, so um, hats off to them. Um, but yeah, just delighted to, to get there and, and obviously a special moment to share it with the lads. For Rooty to catch it, yes. for it to be a decent ball, I didn't want it to be a you know down the leg side <laughs> strangle. Um, so yeah, for it to be a decent ball, and as I said, Rooty caught it. You know, having 
mates out there I've shared some very special moments with throughout their careers and my career has been yeah made it even more special yeah it was like that little session had been created just for you. Did you, did, <laughs> did you feel that? Did you feel, did you feel the pressure on you? Because all the cameras are pointing on you. You're on telly all the time, as if because there's nothing else to talk about really for the game. You've got to go out there. And you've got. To, and we're all expecting you to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't holding out too much expectations to be honest, because the, the wicket was slow, the ball was old. Um, but yeah, just luckily there was a ball in there that, that managed to do enough to, to find the edge. Um, but yeah, there was. A, I did feel a little bit more expectation on, on that spell, uh, in particular, just because, as you said, the game was sort of. It was always going to be very difficult for us to force a, a result in that short period of time. Yeah, there've been lots of TV programmes, as, you, as you've undoubtedly seen while we're sitting here watching the rain. That young man running in against Zimbabwe with the with the red in your hair, <laughs> getting vermulen out, and then I mean. To, to go to chart all the progress through, how your actions change, how your run-ups change, how your hairs change. There's been a, a, an awful lot that's evolved down those 17 years. Yeah, I, mean, I, I did see uh, I did see a couple of clips of um, first. The first thing that you, know, you notice is the hair. Uh, there's some very uh, dubious decisions that I've made down the years with that. Um, but yeah, the the actions changed a lot. Mm. Uh, certainly from that first Test match against Zimbabwe at Lords. Do you surprise yourself when you see it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, you know how I, it sort of evolved over the years, and um, you know I do feel like now I'm, or certainly the last sort of ten, twelve years, I've gone back to where you know my action was right at the start of my career when I was a twelve-year-old down at Burnley Cricket Club. So uh, it's I, I, I like the way that's evolved. You know, I guess you have to go through those the, the, the tough parts um, of the game to to appreciate more the the good bits, which. Um, Luckily, over the last few years, I've been able to enjoy, enjoy a few. Yeah. It, it, it is a lot of pressure, stroke, sort of complications removed now that you've got that wicket. That, it only took one, if you like, but you know, how long are you going to play for? Or, or, or all those sort of questions that have been lingering around. It's kind of a, it's, it's a clear piece of paper now, isn't it? And from everyone's perspective. Yeah, I think, um, you know, personally i've I've, re I've struggled a little bit this this um this summer just with the, the fact that we can't we couldn't get away from cricket everywhere you know you, you wake up you open your curtains and the cricket ground's there mm. and you, it, i found it really hard to switch off and it felt like there was a lot of sort of noise around you know whether it's uh, myself or or stuart uh, you know how long we're going to carry on for things like that um, and I sort of got distracted about actually what I do best, and that's bowling well for, for England in, in Test cricket. And I think I really got back to that this week. I really focused on. Um, I did some technique work before the before the game started, um, and I felt in a really good place. This is a, you know annoyingly it's the last Test for could yes. be could be for a good few months now, and I feel in great rhythm. But um, you know it's nice to get back to nice to get five wickets in the first innings and get back to the form that I know I can I can um, show, and hopefully that that can continue for. However long it might be. Sure. All those drop catches, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, crikey. What were you thinking? Um, yeah, I mean, it was... I thought... Oh, it was Stewart. What was going on there? Well, I mean, it, it hit him on his forearm, to be fair. <laughs> so it, it, can that class as a drop catch? Oh, not hit, hit his hand. Um, no, it's one of those things, you know. I, I, I just tried to... Obviously, it was frustrating at the time. But then you've got to try and get, get back to the end of your mark and focus on the next ball being in the right place and trying to find that edge again. Um, to just feel it might not happen. It was just, yeah, I mean, it's all but plotting. That, I, th I think fortunately, like when you when you've played a lot, that you kind of you do get days like that where you know you just think, right, it's not 
might not be my day today, but mm. I'll come back tomorrow and hopefully they'll take the chances. And um, that's what you've got to try and keep focusing on, and that's what I did. Jimmy, thank you very much. Looking forward to working with you soon. So, uh, that was nice. Uh, thanks to Jimmy Anderson for that. A um, little bit of insight there, of course, as to what, uh, uh, what has been going on. Now, Josh Butler, I, I'm, it's quite difficult down here. He's obviously being interviewed. Is, he has to tell me in my headphones, is he, is he man of the match? or um, <laughs> Man of the series. Man of the series. Okay, thank you. Um, because I, I'm, I'm not sure, Michael, so I've got no screens or anything uh, down here. Um, well, he was entertaining, wasn't he, as, as usual, in his, in his laconic way. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a nice interview. Again, an indication of, uh, you know, a senior pro that's found this environment quite tough. But, you know, what senior pros are very good at is going back and realising what they have to do. And that's exactly what Jimmy's doing. He mentioned technique work again, a reminder that it doesn't matter how long you've played the game. There are little technical flaws that can creep into your game. Uh, and he had to iron those out. And he has done that, probably the experience of knowing what to do at the right times and triggering his mind into just focusing is again an experienced thing that you can do over the years the more you play the more you understand that you can switch back into this kind of it's, it's just a simplicity mode that just realizing that you've just got to deliver what you can deliver and that's exactly what Jimmy has done in, in, in the last few days um, you know he mentioned when the next test match is who, yeah. who knows when that that may be um, you know I think he deserves a break as all the players do they need a, a little breather uh, Joe Root's going to play T20 cricket on Thursday night which is He's going to play for Yorkshire in the Vitality Blast, as are some of the players. Uh, but the likes of Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Board, I, I think they should rest up for a while. Yeah, it's interesting what he's saying about the bubble as well, wasn't it? That he's, well, sort of, I don't know, he, he, there was no escape, was basically uh, what, what, it, what he was saying, wasn't there? That everything just sort of magnified itself while they were, while they were stuck in the bubble. And uh, that, 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 was, that was quite an interesting observation. I thought he couldn't, couldn't get away from it. Joss Butler talking about not being able to get away. He's, he's coming here in a second, which is nice. Uh, player of the series he's even running around which is which is very thoughtful of him and uh, clutching what looks to be a very nice uh, little prize there well done Joss thank you yeah that's a terrific series you've had there yeah um, it's been nice obviously at the start of it feeling um, no under pressure and, and etc but nice to have been able to keep the self-belief and, and come through it um, still plenty to work on of course um, but yeah it's been an enjoyable end to the summer I'm, I'm just guessing a bit, but I think that innings here, not not even the, the number of runs, but the way you the way you got them, sort of Test cricket style, if you like, will really really have pleased you. Yeah, it really pleased me. Um, it was just great to be in that partnership as well. I think um, you know, the way Zach was playing, it was quite natural to just sit in and, and be there at the other end. Really, he was scoring so freely, and um, you know, sort of my determination was to try and face as many balls as I could and the situation we were in in the series we knew if we got big first inning runs it would sort of take the series um, home for us so um, yeah delighted to occupy the crease and, and that's I think a good template for me moving forward yeah and a quick word about about Jimmy Anderson obviously finally the catch stuck <laughs> yeah finally someone held on to one luckily yeah. it went to Ruti um, no it's an incredible achievement isn't it I think we're all in awe of um, the way he continues to perform um, he's got so many different skills. It's, it's just fascinating for us all to watch. Um, and I think the longevity is, is quite incredible, isn't it? The number of test matches he's yes. played, um, the, his career spans so long, and he's still in such great shape and, and makes bowling look so easy. And I think he could go on for, for much longer. Yeah. He talked about the pressure of being the enclosed bubble and how he found it quite difficult sort of to just clear his mind every now and then. Are, are you pleased to be being released and get home? 
Yeah, I am. Um, it's certainly been really challenging for everyone, you know, especially having an extended squad and guys who haven't been playing as well. Yeah. It's really tough on them um, to be you know, sort of locked away. And I think in, in ways, um, you know, no crowds have some ways made it easier and some ways made it harder. I think there's a lot less emotion in the game without the crowd, you know, the yes. oohs and ahs that go with it. And I think that you know, as well as a player, you know, you miss that and it, those ups and downs. Um, but at the same time, sort of allows you to focus and takes you back to sort of playing as a kid, really. No one's watching, you're just playing because you love playing the game. So um, there's been pluses and, and negatives to it. Um, obviously, obviously, a great shame, you know, some England's greatest bowler getting 600 wickets at an empty stadium, you know, it would have been fantastic to have a full house here to, to watch him get that achievement. Drive safely, enjoy your break. Thank you. Thank you, Joss, for talking to us. Thank you. There we go, man of the series, Joss Butler, for those uh, particular uh, two uh, wonderful innings that he played in the course of it. We're still waiting for, uh, for the England captain, uh, who's uh, standing there, because I think he's actually got to do uh, an interview for TV uh, before we, uh, we get to have a, a, a quick chat with him. But uh, some of the players and coaches I see uh, wandering off and, and, and leaving. And um, I think you're right, uh, Michael, just uh, relieved to be... Uh, to be, to be going home for a Well, well I can report, Aggers, mm. um, so we can see beyond the dressing room to the hill where the cars are parked, and, and to our right, um, there has been many cars flying down that hill. <laughs> I think a few have escaped early. They, uh, they were revving up as soon as that last ball was bowled. They went, right, I'm off. <laughs> and I would think Mark would have been at the, uh, the front of that queue. He's got a long drive back, uh, back up north, so... Drive uh, carefully, Woody, if you are listening. Um, yeah, it's been a long week, a uh, few weeks for, for all the players. And a special mention to those players that haven't actually played a lot, Jack Leach, Mark Wood, uh, yeah. James Bracey. Uh, how they've kept their mentality the way that they have is, is remarkable. It's, it's easier when you're playing uh, because you've got, obviously, the days of playing to focus on and you know that you're going to be playing so you can focus better in practice. And when you know, really, that you're not playing and you're just going to be carrying drinks and having nets... Uh, it can't have been easy. So uh, full credit to all those players. Talk about the um, about Anderson getting that um, that milestone and therefore clearing away the complications. I wonder if they will sort of sit down with him and and with Stuart Broad and actually work out a way forward because it, it seems to me after clearly after what happened here when Broad was left out the first match, it, if they are going to plan a program in which perhaps both of them can play some sort of part in Australia, broad at Brisbane, Anderson at Adelaide, or, or, or however it may, may, may turn out to be. They, they've all got to understand what's going on, haven't they? Yeah, but they also need bowlers who are coming into the side and, and performing. You know, Joffrey Arch has bowled OK this week. He didn't get a wicket. Um, you know, Sam Curran last week didn't get many wickets. So I think what England really are desperate for is for these players that come in for the games to do really, really well so they can get to that situation. The problem that England have, and it's not really a problem, is that Anderson and Broad are still the best two, but yes. are they still the best two in these conditions or are they going to be the best two when England go to Australia? The last two times we've been to Australia, it's been 4-0 final with those two bowlers. Uh, and you have to say that you can't think that Another year and a half down the line, Jimmy Anderson near on 40, Stuart Broad will be, what, give me about 30, 36 Stuart Broad then. Can you see a 36-year-old and a near on 40-year-old bowling Australia out with the Kookaburra ball uh, yeah. over five test matches in those conditions when they haven't done it the previous two times? And you've got to be realistic. I don't think that's going to happen. So, um, yeah, the England management have to be clever in the way that they manage. Uh, but they also need these younger players that get the opportunities to step up to the mark and almost push them out of the team eventually. That's what the selectors will be hoping for. The likes of Archer, uh, Ollie Robinson, uh, Overton brothers, 
uh, these younger players that do get chances, I'm sure they will get chances over the next uh, year, uh, they want them to do really well to push the senior players out of the side. But at the minute, uh, those senior players are doing so well, it's very difficult to get rid of them. Yeah. I was, a, I was a bit surprised with the way that they used Archer again today. I mean, he, I think he's a better bowler than someone who they throw the ball out, just running in and no, bowling, bowling bounces. And again, while we've talked about them planning a way forward with, with Broad and Anderson, it seems to me they've, they've really got to work out how they're going to use Joffre Archer. Yeah, and, and, and Jason Gillespie was on Tuffers and Vaughan last night, and he said that he has Joffre Archer as a bowler that bowls top of Austin, yeah. uh, skillful, and got a, sh- a short, sharp bouncer uh, every now and again. Uh, and I, I think that's the kind of bowler that England have to try and make him into. I think he's uh, a bowler that probably needs a little bit more skill, a bit more movement laterally. If, if they can find him a little bit of um, Jimmy Anderson's wobble seam or swing, uh, particularly away from the right-hand batsman, uh, I think that will help him. But, you know, I, I don't see many. I mean, I remember Freddie Flintoff years and years ago when he first started, he was asked to do that role, you know, bowl bouncer, bowl wide of off stump. You know, bowlers that can bowl 90 miles an hour, you've got to be in the stumps, you know, bring every dismissal into play. And, you know, I think Joffrey can bowl a bit fuller, uh, but I think he's just bowling to the guidelines at the team at the minute. What's important and, and what he delivered this week was his paces. He did bowl at 90 miles an hour, and I thought he was very unlucky not to get two or three wickets. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think Mike Atherton's finished. He's finished his round of interviews. Extensive. That's got to write a thousand words after all that. Oh, poor old Michael. Anyway, he's finished with Joe Root, uh, who's now coming over here. He's, um, he's carrying uh, the series trophy with him in his left hand. And I'm not going to obviously give him the chance to tell me all about his latest test wicket. We're going to gloss over that. Uh, and well done. Congratulations. That's what you came out to get. Absolutely, yeah. Very pleased. Um to be stood here at the end of this summer with, with both Series 1. Um, I think it's been a fantastic effort from, from our whole squad um, and really you know, proud of, of how we've gone about things. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's such a shame to have a game like this, but Zach Crawley, I mean, what have you got to say about that innings? It was wonderful. It was marvellous innings, yeah. wasn't it? Fabulous. Um, I think it just showed great maturity for such a young guy to play in that manner, to read the situations and the passages of play coming out of his crease at, at certain times to counter uh, the skill of Abbas and the way he played the spinners and, and manipulated the field on different occasions, um, I think showed great maturity, as, as I said, and um, I, I think there was a lot more to see from him moving yeah. forward. He even outscored Josh Butler. That'd be extraordinary, really. Well, he hits the ball so hard, doesn't he? Yes. Um, you know, he makes use of that those long levers he has, and um, he's quite an imposing player once he gets in. So great presence at the crease and... Um, now, hopefully he can kick on from this now. Yeah. So you've got two 22-year-old, very promising young batsmen on your side now. We've got a lot of very promising young batsmen in our squad. It's a, it's a very exciting time at the minute, I think. You look at, you know, you talk about the, just the batting there, but young bowlers as well coming through um, with the, the experience and uh, class with the senior bowlers as well. It's, um, it's a nice blend to have and you know, to, to perform um, as, as we have done in in these conditions in, in this summer has is, been really pleasing Go on then Jimmy Wow did, did you have time to think as the ball was coming to you to take the catch yes, or you did I was panicking yeah I didn't want to be the next one to drop no, on no. so um, um, yeah I was just really pleased it went in stayed in and um, I was a bit I was, I was so excited that I caught it that I, I threw the ball away and then realised we needed to get it back quickly so he could um, say thank you for everyone to all the crowd. I, yeah. I mean, it's a shame, obviously, that that, that happened like that. But it doesn't take away the, anything of the achievement of, of getting 600 wickets. It's, no, it doesn't. And, yeah. you know, there's so many other memorable moments within those 600 wickets. I think um, 
we all know it's, it's not just celebrating that that one dismissal today it's everything else that's come before that as well and um as i mentioned earlier he's um he's he's so much more than what you see on the field you know he offers a huge amount to the young bowlers to the, to the rest of the squad um and adds massive amounts to the dressing room so it's credit to the country credit to this this squad of players and um we're um you know we're we couldn't be more proud and privileged to be playing alongside England's greatest ever seamer. Yeah. In terms of planning and going forward in Australia and so on, is it, is it actually a good thing that, that he's got that now and, and, and so the complications, any, any sort of now being taken away and, and you can all, including him, plan how, how you do go forward? I don't think that would make any difference at all, to be honest. We, we know what we need, uh, what, what our plan is and how we're, how we're going to try and get there. Um, and you know we've got to factor that in with winning right now as well, and feel like we've we've managed that pretty well throughout this summer, um, and we'll do exactly the same when, whenever we get the next chance to play. Yeah. So. Just lastly, I mean, he, he talked about the pressure of of just not getting away at all and having just open the curtains and there's the cricket ground and so on. How has it been now? Now you're you're going to go home and see your your family and so on. I bet you're very excited about that. But you know could, could you do it again is, it, is this the way that you know if it has to happen again you'd do it again I think if we had to do it again you know, we'd be fine we'd be able to cope with it um, it's obviously not a preferred choice but we we all love playing test cricket we love the sport and we know how important it is to be out there um, performing and playing so I'm sure if if it is that it has to be like this moving forward we'll, we'll find a way to manage manage through that um, but I'm I'm sure if you gave the option, uh, we'd we'd like to be playing in front of a packed house and, yeah. um, you know, things almost back to a little bit more normality. But you know that's completely out of our control. We just got to make sure that we're ready to go and um, doing everything we can to to win as many games as possible. All right. Have a good trip home and enjoy exactly. your break, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. you good too. to see. You. Right there we are. That's I think tidies things up uh, down here. Thanks to Danny Rubin as always for uh, for ushering people around. Uh, she always does so uh, so calmly uh, and so professionally. So uh, that's us done. Thank you for listening, of course, to uh, to all of us doing this test series. Lots of one day cricket to come, and uh, of course Dan Norcross will be part of uh, that team as well. Dan. Back to you. Thank you very much, Haggis. Thank you very much indeed. Well, uh, some great interviews there, I thought, and I think we can be fairly sure that Jimmy Anderson is not going to hang up his boots anytime soon. I've got Andy Zaltzman still with me. Uh, you've been crunching the numbers all summer, and there have been some really enormous ones. We even had a millionth run today, which I think was your, your favourite big number. Uh, what have you got for us on Jimmy Anderson? Well, just the charting the improvement through his uh, through his career. Uh, his first 200 wickets averaged 31, economy rate 3.3. His second 200 wickets averaged 27, economy rate 2.8. And his third lot of 200 wickets averaged 21, economy rate 2.4. So it's been a, a steady improvement through uh, through his career and, and particularly uh, outstanding in the last few years. His peak 50 matches, 217 wickets at an average under 21. And the list of bowlers who've uh, averaged under 21 over a 50-match sequence is pretty much a who's who of the greatest bowlers of uh, certainly the modern era when more test cricket has been played. Malcolm Marshall, Richard Hadley, Wacker and Wazim, Murali McGrath, Sean Pollock and Alan Donald of South Africa, Kirtley Ambrose, Freddie Truman, Imran Khan and Joel Garner. So Anderson is in that list. That that shows how Anderson at his peak uh, was you know up there with uh, the best of all time. Uh, Stuart Broad passed 500 earlier in the summer, had an outstanding summer, 29 wickets, averaged 13.4. That's the second best 
average in a home summer by an England bowler who's taken at least 20 wickets in the last 50 years. Um, and uh, just quickly on Zach Crawley, his innings of 267, the second highest ever by an England number three and the second highest ever by an England batsman under the age of 24. And he's only 22. So an auspicious innings uh, from him. Um, and, yeah, we've seen some wonderful, uh, wonderful, the, 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 the Butler-Wokes partnership at... Uh, at Old Trafford, they scored uh, 84 not out, worked 75 Butler. And uh, I enjoyed the stats from that. In the fourth innings, Chase batting at six and seven. That's the second and third highest scores by England players in a successful fourth innings chase batting six or lower behind Gilbert Jessup in uh, 1902. <laughs> so that sort of shows how rare that kind of uh, victorious uh, partnership in and, the middle order is. And what an incredibly important moment it was. I think when I look back on the summer, certainly the series between England and Pakistan, I don't think any of us gave England any hope at all when uh, Ollie Pope got that brute of a lifter, didn't he, from Nazib Shah, was it? Or Shahid Jarafridi. It absolutely flew off the pitch and we thought, well, no one's going to survive this. And somehow Butler and Wokes put together that absolutely extraordinary partnership. I'm going to set you on the hunt for one thing. And uh, I don't know if you'll get it before we go off air because we're going to go off air very shortly. But I just wonder what percentage of wickets... Anderson and Broad have taken in the entire history of English cricket. <laughs> give, give me a couple of minutes. And uh, that, that game in, uh, at Old Trafford, um, England took the last six Pakistan wickets in the second innings in 13 overs, and the last five in the first innings in 14 overs. In this test, they took the last five in the first innings in 17 overs. I walked off with six wickets needed with 15 overs to go today, which struck me as a little odd, given the well, it was it, championship points we've been talking about. It was, it was a very unsatisfactory, and it's a very unusual end. But um, I think what we heard from all those interviews, actually, was that uh, people have coped with the bubble. They've coped manfully with it. But uh, it does grind you down. It does get too much. And I think, ultimately the lure of those points wasn't quite enough to keep them here. And Michael Vaughan pointed out we saw a whole stream of cars come from the far end of the ground. And I, I don't blame them because, you know, you heard from Azhar Ali making exactly the same point, as well as the England players, that um, they, they will do this and they'd love to do this for Test cricket and they're, they're delighted to do it. But at the same time, waking up every day from the same hotel, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty tough. This is the TMS Podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live. So we've heard some lovely tributes already to James Anderson, but here's one from his long-term partner in crime, Stuart Broad. It's just a phenomenal achievement. Um, It doesn't feel two minutes ago since he broke Glenn McGrath's record at the Oval against India with uh, such scenes of taking the final wicket to win a Test match and... And, uh, and breaking that record. He, he has got better with age. He's someone who's inspired me throughout my whole career watching him. And uh, the last five years, particularly since leaving South Africa in 2016, he's just gone from strength to strength. And, um, you know, he's, he's a role model to, to follow for, for every English cricketer and every young cricketer coming through. What makes him, do you think, the, the first fast bowler to get to that mark? I mean, the, the physical toll the training, everything that, that must have taken place, obviously, to get there? It takes a huge amount of skill, uh, determination. You go through tough times and you've got to pull yourself out of them, even in the last couple of weeks for Jim. Um, fortunate at the moment to have played in a brilliant era of, of English cricket with some brilliant players and, and been looked after beautifully. You know, a bit harder to do in the 80s and 90s, I think, with selection policies, etc. So, uh, I think as players now we feel very lucky to have been supported as we have done by 
by the ECB and, and how that's been lined up. But um, he is the most skillful bowler that all of us have played with. You just have to see that even in training, uh, the way he controls the ball. Um, and he's up for the fight all the time. I know that's such an easy thing to say, but in Test cricket, you've got to turn up each day and produce. Um, and he gets very competitive in the battle, and, and you need that to win Test matches. There was a time where it, it, you wouldn't have thought it possible to get anywhere near this. A time where they sort of took his, his action apart, he used to turn up at lunch breaks, his bowl at cones incessantly. You've never thought you'd got to this. It, 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 that, that seems remarkable now, too. Yeah, I mean, 600 test wickets is it's a phenomenal achievement, but it doesn't come without a lot of tough periods and, and a lot of hard work. Even in the last couple of weeks, he's, he's had some down moments, some criticism and, and training sessions where he's bowled at cones for 40 minutes and then into the net. You know, hard work never stops at this level. And uh, he's, he's testament to someone who continuously looks to put that hard work in all the time. Um, and even when he gets to... What is he 38 now? That's not slowed down. He knows almost when you get to that age, you've got to work harder, and, and he's continued to do that. And uh, even in this test match, it's probably the best he's bowled in, in the summer so far. So um, that's, that's something that is it, it's such his character. You know, he's always searching to be better and better, um, and 600 won't be the stopping of him. No. Is he a natural bowler? I mean, I'm thinking of all that remedial work that he, that he went through at the, the start of his career. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, a huge amount of natural, natural skill there, but he's, you can see how much his actions changed, even from you know, the, the Pakistan World Cup game in 2003. Well, the young been, man, is, when he took the five against Zimbabwe on his, on yeah, his debut, yeah. with, the, with the red in his hair, he, look, he looks very different to that. Yeah, you can see how his, his actions developed, but I think everyone does that as a bowler. You, you, you learn how your body best suits it. You know, he had some back problems early in his career and had to make slight, slight tweaks. Um, but I think he's also developed from purely just a swing bowler up until maybe 26, 27 years of age into majority wobble seam now that makes his swing bowling even more dangerous when he looks to do that. So he's, he's developed a lot of skills through, through different eras of his career that have, that have made him consistently perform at the top level. Talking about red hair, do you ever tease him about that? <laughs> When it, when it turns up on the telly. Well, to be honest, I don't think this red hair was his worst mistake. You remember about a couple of years ago, he went sort of platinum oh, like yes. blonde. I mean, if you're 21, you can make mistakes, but at 36, <laughs> it's a bit risky, isn't it? Yeah, it has, has he developed his own deliveries? Has he sort of designed deliveries all of his own? Are you after the like, Shane Warne Zupa? Yes, that's all It's a bit harder as a fast bowler. You've got an away swinger, an in-swinger, or a wobble seamer, haven't you? But uh, he's someone that... Um, I mean, his craft is amazing. You know, you sort of liken him to someone like a Richard Hadley of, of your era, or probably yes. just after your era, Richard, wasn't he? Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you liken someone who's hugely natural, but everything he, he tries, he seems to make look easy. You know, it's not easy to be able to just run and bowl an away swinger, starting on the stumps to make a batsman play, etc. And actually, you can see the amount of times he's bowled top order batsman with away swingers it just shows how much he does move the ball, because that means he's starting it on middle and hitting off. And... Um, he's someone who's con consistently developed his craft and uh, it, it's been amazing to, to see in training and watch from mid-on for so many years. Yeah. When, when did you first see him bowl? Can you remember? Great question. Uh, it, I, I certainly I played for England before I'd met him. Really? Because uh, I remember being in the Loughborough changing room uh, before the 2006 Ashes series with it for a training camp. And he didn't say hi to me for the whole day. Like, it was like I was invisible. You know, I think that was mainly his shyness, to be fair. But 
Um, I think I first, obviously I'd seen him bowl on telly and stuff, but live I think it would have been uh, around the World Cup 2007 when we when we first played together. So, yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's, again, he's, his action has changed so much since then and the style of bowling. Um, but, uh, yeah, it probably wasn't as early in our careers as, as we may think. Yeah. Did you ever feel you were competitors at one stage? It's a strange one with bowlers because I, I suppose you're always competitors, aren't you? Because there's only three or four spots in the team. But also when you're in the team, um, your job is to get 20 wickets for the team and get off the pitch and win test matches as quickly as possible. So you're, you're hugely on each other's side. So uh, I, th- I suppose in sport, every, every player is a competitor in the same team at some stage, whether you're opening, bats, opening batting pair or an opening bowling pair. But um, that doesn't bring any sort of negative side to it. I suppose it spurs each other on at times, um, but we love that feeling of winning Test matches for England, and uh, we've we've been very fortunate to have a few of those. Yeah, and when the time comes, and it will, I'm afraid, uh, and you do leave all of this, are you the sort of friends that will remain very close friends? Uh, you know what I mean? Or are you teammates who enjoy each other's company when you're part of a team? Oh, absolutely, we'll remain close friends. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we've had an amazing connection that's grown through sport, through cricket, which has, been, which has been awesome. And a lot of my friends I would never have met if it wasn't for cricket, for sure. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we have a lot of interests and hobbies uh, off the field that we do together. Each year we do like a Ryder Cup style Broad Anderson uh, golfing trip with our friends. Yes. Um, around the UK so yeah we, we will always remain friends we're always going to have a great uh, interest in watching bowlers bowl and talking about cricket uh, golf and red wine and lastly this might be a very difficult one for you to answer um, I should ask him really but of those 600 if I were to say to him which one which one would be the most special the most memorable or the one that you know, yeah he'd be the most satisfied with you got any idea what the answer might be Ooh, great question uh, I think one that brought him amazing joy he had that amazing test match at Trent Bridge against Australia in 2013 where he ended up with 10th I think and got Brad Haddon to finish and the scenes of that test match win Jimmy taking the final wicket 15 to win or something um, was spectacular I think I think he, he holds that in, in high regard um, you know the, the milestone ones obviously mean a huge amount you yes. know, 400s 500s 600s but th- those moments that you can take wickets to win a test match uh, are, the, are the ones that really ring true and the first first series of an Ashes series at home at Trent Bridge at ground he bowls so well in I think would uh, would sit very well with him I'll ask him thank you Stuart the TMS podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live so that was Jimmy Anderson ending one memorable Ashes match and today marks the year anniversary of England pulling off that miracle win at Headingley against Australia. Joe Root's side were chasing 359 after being bowled out for just 67 in their first innings. When Stokes walked the crease on the third day, England were 141 for three. He produced a superb batting display over the two days but there were still 73 runs adrift when Stokes was joined by the last man, Jack Leach. Incredibly the pair did it, with Leach adding a solitary but vital run to Stokes's unbeaten 135. We'll hear from Jack Leach in a moment, but first, let's enjoy the climactic moments of the match. Here's Cummins, bowls, and it's short oh. and very well played. So Stokes going for the run, through they come! England can't lose. 
Well played, Jack Leach. He's off the mark. Stokes is on strike. England need one to win. And in comes Pat Cummins from the far end. He bowls to Stokes, who hammers it for four! And stands there with the back raised. I can't believe we've seen that. Whew. I'll be honest, I'm a bit misty-eyed listening to that. <laughs> wow. Just reliving that amazing, amazing day a year ago today. And uh, it's just so special. And who have got on the line? Somewhere just above me, I think. It's Jack. Jack! Hi, Agus. Were you listening? Um, I wasn't, no. Oh, I what? <laughs> what? You're packing your bags, you aren't you, Jack? I've been, I've been packing my bags. So oh, Jack! Go. Oh, gosh, we've I been, on, we've been I... on, the, on the edge of our seats here, just listening to it all again. Well, I've, I've, I've seen a few things on social media this morning, and um, one of which was the run-out chance. Oh. Uh, and, um, yeah, Adam's face in the background <laughs> um, sums up how I was oh. feeling in that moment. So, um, wow. yeah. In goes Lyon. Bowls, reverse sweep, fielder, fielder. Over no, 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 no. He set off. Oh, no. Lyon's no. dropped it. Lyon's dropped it. No. He was run out by yards, no. and Lyon has dropped the ball. No. Leach survives. Well, should we, should we start with that since you mentioned it? What were you doing? Why, why did you, why yeah, did you run think, off? <laughs> I think now is the right time to apologise to everyone uh, <laughs> what I put everyone through. But um, I'm not sure. I, I think, obviously, I was um, thinking about our plan, which was four, four or five balls that of each over. And I think by that point, Stokes was just on a mission to finish it that over. Um, and, yeah, I, um, I suddenly found myself very close to... Ben at the other end and uh, yes. yeah um, and presumably you thought that was it did you uh, yeah it was sort of one of those moments everything happens so quickly but so slow at the same time and um, yeah I just not much time to think and and then obviously the ball after that is the LBW shout and yes. then then I realised well I'm shaking and I'm thinking I've got to face a hole over here of Cummins and uh, thinking yeah, obviously still on naught, so I'm thinking I've got to face six balls here. Like this is I need to focus on that. So um and then obviously managed to tuck one off my hip uh, nice. for one and then uh yeah, the rest is um history really. Yeah. Did you actually see Lion drop the ball? Um well, I, I don't know, it's, I can't really remember. No, I don't think I You're I just did. dashing for your ground. It all happened so quickly, I think um I just, I felt so sick. I remember that. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, but I think it was one of those, um, you know, being out there is like, you have to move on very quickly in those kind of situations and just focus on the next, uh, the next thing. So it was very much in the moment. God, that was awful, but we're still out here. Let's crack on. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think it kind of, um, that that one moment, I sh- I've struggled for um, every time I see it. I struggle to watch that moment. But, um, <laughs> Even though you're it, all right, though, you 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 got yeah. Back. I know, I know. It's all. <sighs> but I guess in the, the the best moments in sport, you realise how much luck is involved as well. So, yes. um, obviously, unbelievable um, 
to be out there and and Stokes' innings was just incredible. Watching it back now, and I'm just it's just amazing. So um, yeah, uh, very I guess um, great memories and and something I'm I'm very proud of and to be part of with Stokesy. I'm watching on my screen. You're just polishing your glasses again. Yeah, I know. I did that a lot, didn't I? I, I sort of couldn't believe afterwards how much people were focusing on the glasses. And <laughs> now I'm starting to realise it because it's like it was quite a hot day, wasn't it? I think oh, it I was, was yeah. sweating a lot. And, um, yeah, they were steaming up nicely, Jack, so um, needed to keep them clean. Jack Vaughan here. Do, do you understand that when when you're in a situation like that, you know, the, now yeah. I'm an next player and, and I'm watching. We all get yeah. very nervous, and there was 20-odd thousand in the crowd, probably millions watching, and to see a batsman that we desperately need to get off strike um, cleaning his lenses every other ball, it, it, it doesn't send the greatest <laughs> of confidence to us all watching. I know, I look so stupid, but I, I think, <laughs> no. um, yeah, I, I um, well, the crowd that day, I do remember, and, and kind of, I guess, what's happened this summer, you kind of um, really miss that... Um, that having the crowd there, but especially on moments like these, like you realise what a big part um, the crowd play, and, and um, yeah, it was just incredible to um, hear the noise when I duck under one or yes. I drop one, one back. Yes. It was just in, insane and uh, very surreal. But um, yeah, um, just incredible and um, loved every minute. That, well, that over in, in, involving the run-up was it all happened in there. I mean, that one yeah. when I said six or out. I mean, I, I have to say I thought Ben was going to be caught on the boundary. They didn't get hold of it. We, yeah. There was that. There was the run-out, and then the LBW yeah. as well. I mean, what an yeah. over! Yeah, I know, I know, and um, I guess it's like it, you know when you first go out there with seventy odd, you think you know there's nothing to lose here. Um, um, you know, the game's gone in everyone's eyes and, and, you know, I just try and stay there with Stokesy. But I kind of, very early on when I was out there, I kind of sensed this belief from Stokesy um, and and how we, a, a very clear plan of how we were going to go about it. And, and and the crowd were very... I think they just wanted the, the partnership to go on for as long as possible, but probably still not expecting us to get over the line and then and then when it gets down to sort of 20 then you know it's suddenly more you know more likely and I guess as when you're in that moment you suddenly you've been you've been doing everything in the moment just ball at a time and then suddenly you feel like um, you want it all to just be over and, and get across the line and, and sometimes that I guess that's why those sort of things happen towards the end um and it was all action-packed at the end. And uh, luckily, we did manage to get over the line. I remember seeing like the stewards coming out ready for the finish, and we still needed six or something. And I was like, oh, like they think we've done it. And, and, and then I was thinking, no, 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 you've got to concentrate. Like, this isn't done yet. We need to, we need to stay in the moment. And like everyone else thinks we've won, but we need to just be like carrying on, concentrating how we are. So... Um, those kind of things I, I remember vividly and um, yeah great yeah, you, you, you're down in the non-strikers then for that huge LBW shot you're a spinner yourself <laughs> yeah. uh, I put you in the umpire's shoes are you giving it out? no I, like literally I, I thought it was going down leg straight away and I said to um, Stokesy when, when we're going down 
like lions on the floor everyone's <laughs> going mental um you know all the aussies are going mental and i go down to stoke and i'm like that's going down leg wasn't it and he was like yeah yeah definitely and uh, i still think that that drs has been taken off the back pad rather than i think it clips the front pad and then goes on to the back pad but Maybe I'm biased, I don't know, but um, that's my opinion. Well, it's fine. There was no review, so you're absolutely fine. Yeah, well, and also I sort of look back at that moment where I obviously didn't get any... Say I tickle that, well, you never know what happens, but say I get a bit bad on that and they don't review that, then um, obviously it was a, I knew with that particular one off Cummins, I think it was, that um, I wasn't going to be out, but they reviewed it and it kind of showed how panicked the Aussies were and... and um, yeah, it was it was good good to be out there for that. Could could you could you feel? I mean, what what were the Australians? What were they like? I mean, were they aggressive, hostile, nasty, uh, sledging, or, or, or actually were they losing it a bit? Yeah, I think it was um, sort of. I guess at seventy to win nine down, um, they're kind of quite chill because they think they've won. Um, so there wasn't much chat then and then I think very quickly um, Stokesy got the target down quite quickly and suddenly they're sort of panicking and you know everyone was on the boundary for Stokesy um, obviously when I was on strike um, I don't remember hearing much I, they might have been <laughs> abusing me a lot but I, I just was sort of so in the zone that I didn't really um, oh I'm just watching Stokes he can't watch he can't watch me face the ball it's, no. it's, it's embarrassing he did, he, I know he was, he was looking down he didn't he, and I remember talking I'm watching it now I remember talking to him about this he's actually not looking at you better he can't I bring himself seeing, to watch I remember seeing it as coming starts his run up I remember going oh what he's not looking and, <laughs> and then I go no 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 focus you've got to watch the ball here focus um, <laughs> but yeah so um, no it's understandable and I think Stokes has put so much into that innings you look at his whole innings and obviously the day before he was yeah. two or 50 balls and you know the concentration you know someone else might have um, lost patience and, and got out but then and I remember him coming off that evening and, and I think David Warner had been giving him a few words and he said I'm not coming off that pitch till I've won the game and then he did it and um yeah, I think, um, you know, the next morning he gets hit on the head, like quite a big blow, and, yeah. you know, how that would affect other people um, would probably be bigger than how it affected uh, Stokesy. So the innings had absolutely everything. Obviously, that last part is amazing as well, but um, it's just insane what what he can do and, and I guess, um, the skill, but also the, the mental strength that he showed throughout the innings. Did you talk much? I mean, you, you obviously between overs, you, you all wandered down <laughs> mid-pitch and you stood together, yeah. but, but did you actually yeah. say very much? Um, no, I mean, no, not really. And I think um, once we had that plan sorted, I, I mean, I don't, again, I don't really remember much of the chat. I think it was um, just keep sort of keep going. Yes. And... Uh, I remember when Stokesy got to 100, I, like, I didn't even realise. And um, then I realised that the crowd were like cheering even more than they were for other boundaries. And, I, and then I saw that he got to 100 and I started walking back down to like 
because I'd only punched gloves with him and then I started walking back down because I was like, oh, I'm going to look such an idiot if I don't congratulate him. <laughs> and then Stokesy just like ushered me, like gave me the hand and ushered me away and said, no, 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 he didn't want to and sort of yeah. celebrate it. And, and I think, um, well, that's just typical Stokes is he just had the, you know, the, the figure that we needed in mind and the 100 wasn't important. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess it was kind of, you know, Stokesy played some unbelievable shots, and I felt like, I, if I was, I felt like I inside I was a cricket fan. I was going berserk and like, how have you done that? That reverse sweep offline. Yes. Um, you know, you want to go mental and be like, oh my god, what a shot! But like, <laughs> actually, I was just like, next ball, like, because you know, he just whatever happened on the ball before it didn't affect what was going to happen the next ball so I felt like just trying to um, keep keep each other calm was probably the, the main thing when everyone else around you was going absolutely berserk um, it probably, was probably the, the thing that we tried to focus on Talk talk me through the winning moment because yeah. again I mean Ben smashed that one for four yeah. and, then, and then stood there and it looked a bit as if you didn't, you didn't quite know what to do <laughs> yeah I know I know I, again I look so stupid but I like <laughs> run down at him and I like try and like jump into him and then I forget we've both got helmets on so we like just clash grills and um, yeah I just sort of um, didn't know what to do I just couldn't believe I guess I just couldn't believe what had, what had happened um, and yeah I think we both well Stokesy was exhausted and um, I was pretty knackered as well to be honest so yes. <laughs> um, yeah it was just nice to get over the, it was probably more relief to be honest after what had happened probably the over before um, it was just uh, relief to get over the line and obviously uh, for the Ashes to still be alive How long did it take you to come down again? Um, I don't I remember I didn't really um sleep very well I remember waking up real early and um, sort of still with that adrenaline um, going oh no just seen the run out god um, <laughs> which one are you watching this is the run out is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the screen <laughs> how what am I doing oh, I, I would have made it, it but... you're right. oh, off you go no, you almost go all the way down and Lance dropped it Lance dropped the ball there you are you're in you're okay um but yeah, I think um, I didn't. <laughs> everyone's think well. reaction, everyone's reactions, looking at it, are amazing. Yeah, it's just awful, isn't it? <laughs> You've actually done well, um, Jack, to not slip over because you were running on the, the the pitch next to the the twenty-two yards, which was very grassy. And at one stage, it looked like you might have gone over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, that's going down leg. Um, oh. but, um, <laughs> it does look like it actually. That's just part of the yeah. day. I don't think Glenn I'm just trying to get so. round. I'm trying to get round about ten Aussie players who are all fuming and down <laughs> stakes. Um, You're polishing your glasses again, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for oh, this. Jack. Over. Jack, we right, could so. carry on all day. It's 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 just one of those days. Jack, can I ask you, at the PCA Awards last year, you bought a, a, a very nice painting. Uh, it was a painting of the celebrations, if I remember rightly. Where is that hanging now? Um, that's in my study um, on on the wall, yeah. So um, it's um, yeah, it's, it's uh, means a lot to me that actually. It's um, sort of like um, 
I guess it sums up the moment very well. And um, I guess obviously with it, you know, the, the money went towards PCA um, Cricketers Trust and, you know, I guess, um, a, you know, a great charity that helps a lot of cricketers and you never know when it's going to come and, and could help you. So I think um, it's um, a very good charity and, and something that I sort of... Um, means a lot to me to have that that photo of of um oh, sorry that picture of um, ben so yeah so um, do, do, do you take everyone that comes to your house you just take them to the study and go there you go look at that <laughs> i'm about to jump on him there that's what i say yeah so um i'm i'll always be able to say i was at the other end of that so um yeah, but it was no, such a. It was, but it was so much more than that, Jack. Was it? I mean, it's easy to say, oh yeah, it was, you know, Jack Leach was one not out. But, but you played such a, such a strong role. You know, it, did did you? I know you got <laughs> runs against Ireland and so on. But did, you know, did you surprise yourself actually with the way that you batted? Um, yeah, I think I, uh, the most like I've never experienced being that focused on like, the cricket field, like in terms of just being completely in the moment. Um, and that was a nice feeling to have and it's probably taught me a lot actually and I think um, having that island innings beforehand definitely helped me going into that um, just having that time at the crease um, but yeah I think um, yeah a people ask me would, would you what what was your favourite innings the 92 or the 1 and I always say you know the 1 is um, the most special just to experience that crowd and um and Stokes' innings just amazing. So um, yeah. Well, Incredible. I mean, you 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 did play such a, a strong part of that, but also, do you feel how lucky you were? Lucky you were to be, to be yeah. actually part of that, part of that incredible, incredible day. Definitely, definitely do. And um, I guess it, uh, like when you speak to people about what it meant to them and where they were watching it, and that's where you kind of realise it, it's. It was more than just, um, you know, me and Ben in the middle. It was like everyone was behind us and, and that was really special. And it's nice to, nice to see me playing some cricket, actually. Yes. <laughs> I know it's been frustrating for you. We're, we're, we're about to see you, I think. So you can talk us through this. I think we're about to see you score your one. And then, yeah. and, and then we'll have the, the, the winning... The winning blow. So just, just, just hang on. I know, I know people are listening and they can't see it, but they have just heard it on the radio, the, the whole thing, so they know what's coming. That field all round you. This, this was the big over, wasn't it? Because you, you were on strike at the very start of it. You bowled a bounce at a start with us, that reviewed uh, one, and then there you go, a little nudge off the hip. Look at that. Yeah. No fine legs, so I could just pull it for four. <laughs> I think you'd have settled. You'd have settled for the one. So, you, so you you got oh, to the other wow. end. You got yeah. to the other end, and at, at this point, at this point, I'd, you must know it's it's done. Do you? It's, it's tied well, anyway. Yeah, like I feel like there's no way Stokes he's blocking three balls here with everyone up. Right. He's he's going to whack this wherever it is, and luckily Cummins bowls a short wide one and he absolutely crunches it um, yes and um, yeah just sort of nice to be at the other end sort of having done what I think I've sort of my bit is over and I can just run and jump on him when when he hits the winning runs but um, yeah it was um, 
I just couldn't believe there's so many like there's a short leg there's two guys around the corner and yeah. somehow managed to get it into a little gap where we can get squeeze a one um, we're so, about to see it we've got Cummings yeah. he's coming he's coming in now you're standing at the non-striker's end you're watching him in he goes bowls bang <laughs> isn't that I mean just and he's roaring and you're giving him a hug he's <laughs> really bellowing isn't he yeah yeah it's oh there's great. the hug oh that's rather nice Jack great big squeezy hug <laughs> I go a little one and then I'm like, I need to hug him again here. straight back in. <laughs> to be fair, Jack, but Pat Cummins could have man you, you know. You were backing up a bit too far. <laughs> what? <laughs> you were about oh. a yard out when you bowled that. <laughs> do, 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 do you know Jack was really nice? And I did make this point because we were watching it. The Australians, their, their reaction coming yeah. up and shaking your hands and giving you hugs and so on, that, that was quite yeah. something. Yeah, definitely, I think. Um, they knew what um, you know a special game it had been and um, and, and what style good Stokes innings had been to be fair um, I think you know when those things when you're on the wrong side of those things you do appreciate um, what what the other guys have done and, and um, yeah so I think um, Jack you've just given him a kiss yeah. I've just seen you you've just kissed at Ben Stokes' neck <laughs> oh damn it <laughs> Sweaty well, neck, was it? <laughs> yeah. Jack, uh, I, know, I know it's been a really frustrating summer for you. I, I, you know, nothing can make up for that, but I just hope that, um, that reliving that a year ago today has, has, has brought a smile to your face. It, cer- it certainly has to yeah. all of us. Thank you, Agus. Yeah, no, it's um, very special to sort of um, relive it and, and kind of um, remember, remember it. So, yeah, no, I'm uh, looking forward to hopefully playing some cricket soon and um, yeah you bet well we'll we'll catch up soon Jack thanks so much for joining us cheers guys you're listening to the TMS podcast from BBC Radio 5 Live that's a great memories there you can watch highlights of the GS Bowl on today at the test on the iPlayer or the cricket section of the BBC Sport website and app and on the website you can also read a special feature on James Anderson by his friend the Radio 1 presenter Greg James Our next cricket commentary is the beginning of the Vitality T20 Blast on 5 Live Sports Extra from 2pm on Thursday. Then we have the start of the England against Pakistan T20s on Friday evening from 5.45. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts.